Hello, and welcome to Empowering Your Destiny with Dr. Carol Ann Abbott. We're, we love to have you on our Chris O'Rain uh, spot and on our podcast. Um, you can find us wherever podcasts are available to you and on Chris O'Rain's Internet uh, Television Network. Here's Dr. Carol Ann with this week's message, The Blessings of the Cross. Good morning, everybody, or good afternoon, wherever you're at, whatever time it is. Um, we have, I believe, an exciting message today about the cross. You know, it's the foundation of our faith. So don't turn it off just because you've heard a message on the cross. <laughs> I believe that, that we need to continue to be reminded of messages about the cross of Jesus at Calvary. You know, the only way to fulfill your divine destiny is to believe that Jesus did die on the cross for you and to know how to return to the cross on our journey to the fulfillment of our destiny. There's many times on our journey we need to be cleansed. We need to be reunited with him. We need to sometimes just dump off some stuff off of us in order to have a, like a fresh, clean slate and then continue on our journey. So... The message of the cross is foundational to our faith and it should not be forgotten. Um, you know, it, it's the place where we repent and we come to reconcile our sin with a holy God. It's the place where we come and learn how to die to ourselves, And that, that could be a whole message. In fact, maybe it will be in the, in the future. Um, as we identify with Jesus and being perfected, there's many opportunities to die to ourselves, And perhaps that's an art that we're going to need to, to preach on as well. Um, but the other way that the cross is important is that going to the cross is also the place where we bring our grievances to Jesus. Amen. Psalm 119, 115 says, um, oh, I'm sorry, not that, not that scripture. We were talking about how Jesus has borne our griefs and continued to bear them for us as we bring them to the cross. Isaiah 53, 4 and 6 says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. It continues to say, All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We've all missed the mark, haven't we? That is why we need Jesus. And we need to come to his cross to ask for his forgiveness from our sin and for the removal of that heavy guilt, shame, and those regrets. You know, the word uh, grief or griefs are it's 
linked with deep depression, with bereavement, sicknesses, weaknesses. The best way to deal with our griefs is to take them to the cross, to plead the blood of Jesus over them. He carried our sin. He carried all of your griefs, all of your sorrows, and all of your hardships in life. And we all have an assortment, but they all need to be, don't try to carry them. We, we all need to bring them to the cross. You know, when we go to the cross, we're going to find healing. If we don't, we can continue on. That's an option, continuing on in the anger, in the sickness, in our distresses, in our hardships. But instead, we need to take those issues, regrets, and hurts, and grief to the cross at Calvary. Our Lord Jesus Christ, he's going to meet you there. This is the only way to achieve any kind of peace or relief or consolation. When you go to the cross, Holy Spirit is going to meet you there as well. I have a, not too long ago, I had a situation where I experienced that relief and that peace in a moment. It was, it was right away. Uh, there was a situation that was presented to me um, right before I was getting ready to go into a meeting. And it kind of came out of nowhere. And um, it really stirred my spirit and my emotions. It was, it was kind of just very heavy, even tormenting. Um, you know, you can get your mind on something and it just continues to go around. Um, you know, why is this happening and or if something's not fair or, you know, and then you you get stuck in that cycle and it's hard to get out of it. But what happened was at the very beginning of this meeting, somebody began to um, to speak about bringing our griefs to the cross. And I was so desperate right then for Jesus. I needed him right then. To help me deal with this thing and I was able right then because I was desperate I wasn't putting it off I'm not gonna wait I was gonna do it right then and and, and I'm gonna give you an opportunity shortly to be able to to do that I'm gonna help you with that um, but at that moment I just focused in I saw the cross at Calvary and I brought those things to Jesus at the cross and I laid those at his feet. And I, I was desperate for peace in that moment because I had to be effective in this meeting that was coming up. And it's like, it, it was just like the enemy to try to torment you before you're getting ready to do something with these things that just kind of anguish your soul. So I was able to bring that to him. And then right then, there began to come, after I went through that process, of laying it down, telling him about it, giving it to him. And this calm began to come over my emotions and peace. I felt comforted. I felt consolation from that moment on concerning that situation and not again. 
And then I was able to go on with what I needed to do in that meeting and with perfect peace. And, th and the, the way to hold on to that is hold on to that peace of Christ when you, when you receive that. And I received it and I held on to it. Now, if you start to go into that thing and tell somebody all about it and they did this to me and they did that to me and da-da-da-da and this isn't fair, you, if you can open up things again, if you want to take it back and then get into it all over again, but the best thing is is to let Jesus bring you the comfort and then hold on to that peace. Once he deals with it, you don't need to keep dealing with it unless there's something that has to be dealt with. But just to keep opening it up again, it's like if you want to take it back, you can. We just open up our mouth and we'll take back all that torment again. But it's better just to hold on to that peace. Um, th that, that healing that I received, that peace, it was supernatural. It was a supernatural work done in the spirit realm that then affected my, my physical reality of my life on earth. Amen? Amen? So no one could have talked to me, reasoned with me about this or to calm me down. It was something that Jesus did by the Holy Spirit so quickly with a lasting peace. When the Lord touches you in a situation, it is in ways that man cannot even begin to understand. That's what that peace is that passes all understanding. And it happens at the cross. We must remember that Jesus carried our sorrows and all the hardships of life bring distress and sorrow. But Isaiah 53, 5 says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. So we must go to Jesus at the cross and plead his blood over our transgressions, our iniquities, and all of our griefs and aggravations. Let's look at the at the benefits or the blessings of the cross um, even if you're a long time Christian I believe that th this is something we could do every week is just be reminded of the blessings of what the work that Jesus did at the cross for us the first thing would be that Jesus took our place at the cross do you remember Barabbas that he was a murderer, he was, I think, an insurrectionist, and he was up for the death penalty. And here Jesus was then before them as well, but yet Jesus was innocent. There was no blame. He had done nothing wrong. But what happened? Jesus took the place of Barabbas, and Barabbas went free, and Jesus paid the death penalty not just for Barabbas, but for us. This is a perfect uh, example of how Jesus substituted himself in our place. Isn't that beautiful? Um, in Romans 5, 8, God shows his love for us 
and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, for you and me. He took our place. So the Lord loved us even when we were sinners. Amen. And when we come to the cross and we give Jesus all of our sin, we now have a new beginning. Then we can fulfill our divine destiny. But it needs to begin at the cross. The second blessing or benefit is that Jesus took all the curses, even generational curses, upon himself for us. When the Roman soldiers were mocking Jesus, remember they put a crown of thorns upon his head? Well, back in the earliest parts of the Bible, it talks about how thorns are uh, symbolic of the curse. Uh, back in Genesis 3. Um, and then also, when Jesus was on the cross and he was dying that last few hours, there was a darkness that came over the entire land, just very dark. And in Mark 15, um, verse 33 is where you'll find that. But darkness at noonday was also a sign of, of God's curse due to sin. And that's found in um, Job and Isaiah and Deuteronomy. So Jesus bore the thorns and the darkness of our sin upon himself at the cross. And of course we know that the cross is made of wood, it's made of a tree. In Galatians 3.13 it says, Cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. And Jesus took all those sins upon himself for us to remove the curses from our life. So if you believe right now that you're cursed in some way, and if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, I decree and declare that through the blood of Jesus on the cross and the stripes on his back, you are redeemed from every generational curse, sickness, disease, spirit of poverty. Some of you are dealing with a spirit of poverty. It seems like you just can't quite get a leg up. You can't keep a $20 bill in your wallet. And the Lord says, I'm redeeming you this day. I'm redeeming your finances. I'm redeeming your, I'm redeeming your son and daughter, saith the Lord. The Lord says, even your children, your generational line, there's somebody that's really concerned about some grandchildren, particularly a granddaughter. And the Lord says, I've redeemed her. She is mine. She is mine, saith the Lord. So you continue to declare over her that she is mine. Continue to declare, declare over your finances, over your health, that you are redeemed from every curse of the enemy, every curse of your generational line, that through my son, Jesus Christ, you are redeemed and you are saved from the curse, saith the Lord. Wow, praise God. That wasn't in the notes, but that was for somebody. So if that's Amen. you, the Lord says just receive it. And the third blessing of the cross is that Jesus was became clothing for you. Do you remember in Mark where, where the uh, soldiers, they're casting lots because they want his garments? They're fighting over who's going to get them. Well, this was in fulfillment to a prophecy in Psalms 22:18. So these men were taking Jesus's clothing for themselves, but it's interesting 
they had no clue that Jesus would actually be clothing for his people. The prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 61.10, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exalt in my God, and he has clothed me with the garments of righteousness, I'm sorry, with the garments of salvation, and he has, he has covered me with the robe of righteousness. Amen? So let me say that again. Isaiah 61, 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation, and he has covered me with the robe of righteousness. Can you partake in that salvation today? Can you rejoice in those garments of salvation? And if you lost your robe of righteousness, go get it and put it back on right now. Say, I am clothed in the robe of righteousness through the Lord Jesus Christ. So through his death on the cross, Jesus covers us from all shame of our nakedness by giving us his robe of righteousness. Fourth point is, at the cross, Jesus was tearing the heavens open for you. When Jesus died, at that moment he died, they said that this massive curtain that separated the people of God from the Holy of Holies, where only the priests could enter into, that that curtain that was so heavy and thick it tore in half. It split open from the top to the bottom. And it separated God's people from the Holy of Holies when it was in one piece. But Jesus dies. The curtain is split open. And all of a sudden, it's saying, Hey, I just paid the price so you can come in. If you believe on me and what I just did, you can come into the Holy of Holies. You can come back into the family of God. You can be in the presence of me and my Father, Jesus says. If you believe on me and the blood that I shed for you. There's another interesting point. Not only does Jesus give us access to the heavenly sanctuary, but also Jesus would later associate his crucifixion with baptism. In Mark 10, 38, uh, Mark uses this word twice with the curtain and then the word torn in the gospel describing Jesus' baptism. And this is what it says. And when he came up out of the water, this is when John the Baptist was baptizing Jesus, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove in Mark 1, 10. So through his death at the cross, the physical curtain that separated God's people from, from God himself was torn open so that we could enter into that holy relationship back with the, in the presence of God to be reunited with the Father in the family of God. But it's only through the cross. Amen. Amen. So, the cross has an effect. Jesus was bruised for our iniquities. He was restored and healed. Uh, we are restored and healed by his stripes. 
the chastisement of our peace was and is upon him. The cross has a liberating effect on believers. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting. In other countries, there are like thousands of believers that can come from, um, for days, just coming to hear, desperate to hear the word of God preached. These people are desperate for Jesus. Well, why, why, why is that? How come Americans aren't more desperate for Jesus? Well, in other countries, they don't have social programs. They don't have Medicare. They don't have Social Security. They don't have disability. There is nobody they can depend on. They can't depend on the government or anybody else to save them and help them with the hardships of life that they go through. All they have is Jesus. So they show up in masses, desperate for him completely dependent upon the work that he accomplished at the cross. But that cross is not just for them, it's for you and me as well. You know, and until March 2020, it seemed that Americans did not need Jesus because we, we have, you know, mostly everything we want. We have so much more than other people in other countries that we, we, do, we take it for granted. We don't even realize. But, and, and I think that's why some people don't come. You know, there was many, many years ago, I had a conversation uh, with an attorney. I was at a, um, a, a dinner event and I was seated next to him and we were just having this conversation and he shared with me, he, he wasn't being rude or arrogant or anything. He was a very humble man. Uh, but he shared with me that he never had a reason to to need God or to need religion, that he had everything he needed. So there was no reason to need anything else. You know, some people say if it's not broken, don't don't fix it. Well, the problem is some people don't know they're broken and that they need Jesus. Right? Unfortunately... You know, I believe this is a case of the experience of many people. They don't feel that they need God until something difficult happens. And yet, others may not even know that something is missing. They, 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 know, they feel like something's missing. They don't know that it's Jesus. They don't know that it's God that they're missing. Amen. So... There's been a, a shaking in this past year and a half. And it turns out, America does need Jesus. <laughs> some, some have figured it out. Some are still trying to figure out what's going on. Um, but the entire country, one way or another, everybody has been affected by the virus or the complications or the um, result of the, the struggling economy. You know, we're still dealing with things right now with, you know, things that didn't get made, productions that were shut down, all kinds of different things we're still dealing with. Um, and, and I think even the impact of not being able to have socialization with other people during that, for people that really had to be quarantined and not um, have much, um, okay that I think that 
we've had social anxiety over that and even felt lonely out of, out of that, but that would be another sermon. The point is, is that we need to go to the cross. And I believe that as people share their hearts and as we have opportunity, that we need to help other people get to the cross. We need to introduce them to Jesus. I just pray that God opens your eyes to see when people are in that vulnerable moment when they are ready, or if just a seed needs to be planted, even if they don't decide to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. But the experience that at the cross, we experience Jesus crucified and his blood cleansing, healing, and restoring us from the sin that we've all been born into. And some people don't understand that we have been born into sin and that we all need to be redeemed. We need to surrender and appropriate the blood of Jesus over our sin, over our griefs, over our heartbreaks. I, I just want to remind us how precious is the cross and the blood of the Lamb. You know, Hebrews 9, verses 13 and 14, it talks about if the sprinkling of defiled persons with the blood of goats and bulls can, and the ashes of heifers is sufficient for cleansing the body, how much more is the blood of Jesus through the eternal Holy Spirit willingly offered himself, unblemished, to cleanse our conscience from all dead works and lifeless um, observances to serve an ever-living God? So this just reminds us how much more precious is the blood of Jesus than animal sacrifices. But even if it were another person, you see, Jesus' blood, his life was special. His life was even more important. He was the firstborn. He was the firstborn of a virgin. He was the firstborn of a virgin and the son of God. He was deity. And he was a king. There's a whole lot there about the preciousness of the blood that he gave. That it was royalty, it was divinity. This life was prepared to be a sacrifice to redeem you and me. That nobody else could ever qualify to be or do. Amen? So, the thought of this blood that could be redeem any one of us and all those who we love going not being taken as valuable and being taken for granted I want everybody to be redeemed I want everybody to enjoy the peace that Jesus brings when he redeems our lives his blood is very powerful it's a, and it's effective to achieve the purpose for which it was shed, to free us, to cleanse us, to restore us back into right relationship with our Heavenly Father. But we have to be willing to die to ourselves as Jesus did, to believe on him and to remember that sin has no authority over our lives once you give your life to Christ. Here's a, an excerpt of a prophetic word by Brian Simmons that I want to share with you. And it goes like this. I just want you to close your eyes. And I want you to have an opportunity to come to the cross right now. 
Part of this, this word says, a special and glorious work is being done in your heart. For you are my chosen and my redeemed one. My perfect work is being accomplished in your soul. The power of my blood at the altar of love, the cross, will complete you in every way. Then you will be like me and reign by my side, my eternal friend. The victory at my cross always lives within you. You see, the cross is the altar, is Jesus' altar of love for you. So I want to invite you right now to come to that cross at Calvary. Keep your eyes closed and just begin to put your sins at that cross. If you've already given your life to Christ, but you're carrying some heavy burdens, some grievances, give those to him right now. Just see Jesus at that blood-stained cross and lay them down. Lay them down and just feel him giving you peace in exchange. Lay them down. Tell him, tell him your heart. And let him right now cleanse you from the sin. Or just take these grievances, these heavy burdens that have been weighing on your heart. For he loves you. He loves you. And he wants to make that exchange with you right now. At that cross is where you can make that exchange for sin and grief. And he gives you his peace and his comfort. So right now I just pray for the Lord, Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus and the Spirit of God to breathe upon you. To refresh you, to renew you. If this is the first time that you're coming to the cross and you're believing on Jesus for salvation, just give him your heart right now, believing that he is the Son of God, that he died on this cross for you, and that he rose three days later to give you resurrection life. Give him your life right now and let us know. Let us know if this is the first time or if you have prayer that you need. Just let us know at www.glorypointministries.org. That's glorypointministries.org. We would love to hear from you. And I just pray for that peace and the breath of God to come upon you now and for God's blessings to chase after you. In Jesus' name, we love you and we look forward to being with you next week. So tune in. We'll look for you then. Love and blessings.